The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real-life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout On Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello, Sean. Glad to be here today, guys. Hey, yeah. what's happening? Oh, there, there's, there's Kyle. There he is. Every day that we wake up on, you know, actually being able to get out of the bed is a good day, I feel like. so. A good day. It's yeah. been cold lately. <laughs> Can we just talk? It, it has been cold. Yeah, but it didn't get cold until a couple of weeks ago. Three weeks ago. I Before know. that, yeah. we were living in summer temperatures. Especially <laughs> Y'all are also talking to a guy Christmas. that's sitting in here in shorts right now in January, yeah. so... It's hot outside today for me. I think it's since, like 40 do, 42 I, degrees. Yeah. I think since the last time we were together, uh, at least Kyle and I have dealt with COVID. So Congratulations. We, so we got that out of our way. <laughs> it's out of the way. <laughs> Done with it's it. out of the way. Thank you to both of you. <laughs> Anything else exciting in, in, in y'all's world? This, well, something, is this our what's up? Well, yeah, no, no, no. This, well, is, this, this is, is just... As, this as, is the chatter. Okay. As, the yeah. chatter before the what's up. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sean will let us know when it's time for the what's up. Okay. He, well, yeah. He does a full like thing. You what know? was you wanting to bring up? <laughs> well, I can't remember now. What's, go- <laughs> what, what, what's going on in the uh, wonderful world of the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council? What What's a day-to-day look like for the CEO? Well, for those of you who know me well, and some of you who don't but know me just a little bit, my son Theodore is now four, almost working towards five. And let me tell you, that boy can talk, okay? <laughs> like, Kyle's laughing because he knows I'm a talker too, okay? But that boy can talk. Yeah. And so it's been a lot of fun lately. So is, yeah, but I'm talking about like during the day. What goes on in the world of, of Jared Pickens? Oh, you're talking about work stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh. What goes on in the world of Jared Pickens? Well, I want to hear and, more about the talk. Well, jeez. Uh, I, 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 I do want to hear about Theodore, <laughs> but I'm wondering what goes on in the in the day-to-day CEO so Jared, of, of yeah, Boy Scouts. I thought you wanted just, something really super interesting. You i know? tell you what. Just tell us about your entire life. Start from the beginning. This is Scout on Chattanooga. Well, let me tell um, you. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I know we're talking with David Carroll uh, later on. And I have not written nearly as many books. In fact, I have not written one book, Cubmaster Kyle. But to answer your question, Sean, what's going on in the world of Boy Scouts is it is a brand new year. <laughs> it is a brand new year. It is 2022. Breaking news, we everybody. Are, we are full speed in preparation for all of the various programs and activities we have going on. Yeah, um, We've got right now about 80 uh, Boy Scout troops. Um, some people on the air will get mad if i if i don't correct myself and say scouts bsa troops which is a middle school program that's that's a lot of young people it's kind of a lot and then uh cub scout packs just like cub master kyle's are are uh meeting and active and they're kind of working through this omicron stuff and Mm -hmm. 
I'm proud of the work that they're doing. And I'll tell you that looking back at last year, we've talked a little bit about last year, but one of my favorite achievements from last year is that there were 74 brand new Eagle Scouts here locally in the Tennessee Valley. And their 74 projects alone contributed over 13,000 hours of community service That's to this incredible. community. And would I just be, was like, would that be a record? Well, I don't know if it's a record, but I did. Someone passed me an annual report from, I think it was 1985. Anyone want to guess how many Eagle Scouts we had in 1985? That was the year I was born, but I don't know. You don't know? Mm-mm. I'm going to say uh, less than 50. That's correct. We had 40. Wow. Yeah. And so I shared this st- statistic with a few people and they've asked me, well, what do, what do you think is up with that? How can we have 74 in 2021 and only 40 in 1985? And now, I, now, that 40 was across all of this Boy Scout group. Same, Not same just area. the same year. That's, well, that was in 1985, 40 young people earned the rank of Eagle Scout. Gotcha. In okay. 2021, 74 young people earned the rank of Eagle Scout. In gotcha. the Cherokee Area In Council. the Cherokee Area Council. Same footprint, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, some people have asked me, well, what's going on? You know, is it easier to earn Eagle Scout than it ever was? And my answer to them is, well, you've got to remember what's gone on for the last couple of years, right? We had COVID coming out of 2019 into 2020. A lot of projects were delayed. And on top of that, something I've noticed, and Kyle may be able to attest to this, is that the people who are involved in scouting right now, they're really involved in scouting. Mm -hmm. Like, they really care about it. Like, they're out doing it almost every weekend. They're working hard. And I've been really impressed at the quality. You know, we've highlighted over the almost year we've been recording this podcast, the fantastic Eagle Scout projects, many Mm -hmm. of them in the campfire conversation that, that Kyle helps organize. And I'm just so impressed with the quality of what they're doing. So... I will summarize all that and say, I think the bottom line is the reason we have more Eagle Scouts now than we did then is because we've got better scouts. We've got better scouts now than we ever have. I think your answer is way too long. Well, that's normal. I think when you ask, I think when you're you're asked that again, you need to say, it's very simple. Jared Pickens. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sean, Jared Pickens. trying to do this. 2021, Jared Pickens, 1985. I was still in grade school. That's, I mean, just simplify it. Oh, my goodness. Well, you didn't, contri- Sean, hey, you didn't contribute because you quit as a Cub Scout. Oh, so. yeah. I quit in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen, though. For the listeners out there, Sean just likes to say all this because, you know, it makes me squirm, okay? <laughs> but back to the point. <laughs> hey, I'm just giving the credit to you that you deserve. Oh, I didn't goodness. know your face could turn that red. Oh, Jen. my goodness. Here it is. I'm coming for you, Sean. I'm coming. <laughs> hey, I'm coming. You know who your campaign manager is going to be when you decide to run for mayor i'm not running for mayor i can help you out with that oh my goodness good lord <laughs> jared for mayor okay hey i so can hear it now you need to be careful because me and cup master kyle <laughs> if you don't say what we want you to say for your what's up you know we know what to say oh, yeah. all right, well, let's, right. What, you know what's gonna happen <laughs> let's start with what's up then kyle you want to get us started yeah i will um if you are, are 
tired of hearing me talk about moon pies over and over again. Well, that's good because we got new something to talk about. <laughs> um, I have uh, my WhatsApp is scouting related, you know, and uh, I somehow got wrangled into being the is it the product sales chair? Sure, is that the official title or it's, whatever. Well, what title would you like to call it? You could I'm, be the grand potentate I'm of the products. Fun. Drazer, he's the person. official sampler. So <laughs> he samples all the food. Well, what's awesome about this is, ladies and gentlemen, camp card season is officially upon us. It is That's time true. for us to sell some camp cards um, to those scouts and scouters listening. If you haven't gotten yours yet, then um, you should be getting those in a short amount of time, and they are awesome this year, including okay. even a twenty dollars game card to spare time, and it even has. Uh, if you buy two entrees at Texas Roadhouse, you get a free appetizer on there as two of our new um, things that's on the camp card. This you year. know, now you know, Sean, I can see it. He's about to ask you, now what is a camp card? Yeah, yeah. for somebody out there listening, be described to us. Paint that picture, please. Well, you know, there's a lot of discount cards out there that like football teams do or maybe band boosters or whatever. Well, in Scouts, we do two council-wide fundraisers a year. In the fall, we do moon pies now. Woo. And in the spring, we do camp cards. This is a discount card that has... Uh, some one-time use offers on it that can be snapped off of the card, but then on the back, there's um, some offers that can be used over and over and over again, and we go out and about in the community selling these for $10 a piece um, to everybody that will buy one from us. <laughs> and and I will add, Sean, because I know your next question was, why do we do camp cards and moon pies? That seems like a lot. Because you're money hungry. No. <laughs> we, we might actually just be hungry <laughs> with the moon pies. No, um, you know, kind of as tradition uh, held for Boy Scouts for many years, the fall fundraiser was usually to help provide resources for the troop. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one in the spring. Well, as times progressed, what we found is that families, as the cost of summer camp rose and summer camps had more properties needs and all that they wanted something that they could use to help get their kids to earn their way to summer camp and so mm-hmm. that's what the spring sale is all about which is actually why it's called camp card camp card good deal you're selling it to help you go to camp or to help cub master kyle go to camp yeah you know he went to camp last year i did i'm going again this year i'm going cub scout week this year Crickets. Well, good, good. <laughs> so you got to um, cut that, Kyle. So that's in your what's up. Anything else before we move forward? Well, I got over the Rona. I didn't take the cruise. We went uh, yeah, to Pigeon Forge and said, and I caught the Rona regardless. But at least I didn't get stuck in a stateroom with my eight-year-old. Because yeah. God love him. But in a small <laughs> stateroom on a cruise with an eight-year-old, that just does not sound like fun to me. So so you canceled the cruise to avoid the Rona. You went to Pigeon Forge instead <laughs> and, and, and got, got it the up Rona. there. Yeah. <laughs> at least you have oh, the ability to come home at your free will. That's true. Instead Very of being true. stuck on a cruise ship. <laughs> so for anyone listening out there, the Cherokee Area Council does take the COVID-19 pandemic very seriously. And I'm very proud of our scouts and scouts for following. We've brought, had to bring back, Kyle knows this, had to bring back some masking guidelines whenever youth are involved. And so mm-hmm. just want to make sure everybody knows that, that we do take it seriously. It's a real thing and everybody should be careful. All right. Uh, my what's up is um, I have. Oh, sorry. Sean. What new exciting, what's up with you, Sean? <laughs> well, I have decided to break a streak, 
and that streak is <laughs> i have been single for 14 years and uh just got back from cancun mexico and now i am officially engaged Woo! sean i've so. always heard that the third time is the charm <laughs> <laughs> don't tell hey, kyle don't hey, tell i'm, Kim I'm that. thinking about listen i'm thinking about starting a podcast that is about relationships are you since, serious? Since, no. Well, <laughs> I, I have pondered it because I can tell you all the things not to do. Oh, my God. And I can prevent you from making mistakes and bringing people into your life that you shouldn't. So, but on the flip side, I yes, can contribute I, to that. Never date anyone named Ashley. <laughs> Hold on. My wife's name is Ashley. She's great. She's fantastic. And, and Kyle, you know, she actually listens to this podcast, right? Well, I mean, there's one uh, Ashley that's fine. <laughs> So, <laughs> and there's another side of that story with Kyle, but I won't go there. Hey, Sean, Sean, it has been at least six months to, since we got Kyle to laugh this hard. Yeah. You notice that? <laughs> so, congratulations, so yeah, Sean. Uh, That's fantastic. And, and some of the people out there listening will know who she is. Perhaps they watch her on television. Kim Chapman, news anchor with News Channel 9. And uh, she's been there 21 years. And, um, she and I have not set a date. However, we are officially engaged and uh, very thankful and feel very blessed. I'm well, actually going to be the ring bearer. He's already I asked I thought me, you were going to be like so. the flower person. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see me? We haven't, we haven't made any... I'd like uh, to. <laughs> we, we haven't so, made any official <laughs> wedding plans, so... I'm not sure if there'll be a big deal or not. Probably something will so go off somewhere. I can just imagine, for, for those of you out there in listener world that really haven't met Cubmaster Kyle before, but maybe you watch the NCAA championship college football game. Imagine a Georgia offensive lineman sprinkling flowers down an aisle. That would be the equivalent of Cubmaster Kyle. Is that about right, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, I had never. That's that's a that's an image I just don't really want to think about. <laughs> Sean is now rethinking the nuptials. <laughs> uh, so let's see if you can top that, Jared. See if you can top my what's up. I did. I you you told me to do a work what's up. I was talking. No, about no, no. Yeah, when Theodore what's talking, up. and then you. Well, no, you can let Theodore be your what's up. So anyway, it's been a lot of fun lately because he is now communicating. Very, very Wait, well. Wait, we're back to Theodore now? Well, he said he wanted something different, <laughs> you know. And uh, we've had a lot of fun and have been to Rock City a few times lately. And he got to be with some cousins over the holidays. And so that was a lot of fun. And uh, it's really neat to see his imagination running wild, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, kind of getting his little uh, stuffed animals together and, and putting on little shows for them and all this. And He's how old? Four. He's four. So when will he start scouting? I knew you were going to ask that. He will be a lion this fall. A lion? In pack a lion. 3177. <laughs> Kyle. I didn't. I've never Kyle heard of a has lion. Been, so I keep telling Kyle. Kyle's like, man, you got to get, you got to come join my pack. And I'm like, I live in, in Chattanooga. And he's like, well, what's See, wrong that's with the that? Great, I have Cub like, Scouts. You live, in, you live in Ringgold, Georgia. I have Cub Scouts that come from downtown Chattanooga to come to us every Monday night. So, Well, Zach McCarty told me that I could start my own den in my neighborhood and could be a den in his pack, and I could just come once a month. Hmm. Do you have a counteroffer? Oh, let me... 
I'll have a conversation with him later. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, Sean. Um, it's well on my mind um, that I'm going to have to do scouting with my son in the fall, and I'm looking forward to it. Sounds great. Yeah, I was not aware that there was a such thing as a lion. There is. There you go. Yeah, it's actually, um, you know, scouting has changed. It's been around for over a hundred years now. And Cub Scouting has been around for, I think it's 75 or 80 yeah. years now. Mm-hmm. And so Cub Scouting has had different iterations throughout the years. There actually was a lion way mm-hmm. back in the day. And I but forget it was a different grade. It wasn't kindergarten. Yeah. And so they bring it back, gosh, I forget what year, 2015 maybe mm-hmm. was the I first so, year. Yeah. Because parents kept saying, hey, my kids go to school when they're in kindergarten. Why do they have to wait till first grade to join Cub Scouts? Mm-hmm. And so if you're out there listening and you are going to have a kindergartner or you do have a kindergartner, the cool thing about being a lion is that you get to participate in most parts of Cub Scouting, mm-hmm. but there are still some parts that you can save and you get to do when you start in first grade. So it's kind of like a sample and it's all focused around the parent and scout interaction. So they do a lot more together when they're in kindergarten, when they're a lion before they're in first grade and become a tiger. Mm-hmm. How did I do, Commissioner Kyle? No, I think that was great. Okay. Yeah, it was perfect. And, um, you know, we still need to get Sean to do something with scouting. Yeah. Did he ever come to the I battlefield once with a you? Month. No. It's called Scout on Chattanooga. I have not. <laughs> I have, we're, going, we're going camping in March and in April, so I we need better pictures. see you. We need pictures. One of those. Uh, is, is it like nice beds and television and all that kind of stuff? Sure, if you want to rent your own RV and park it away from the campsite. <laughs> you know, when, when I go camping, um, I usually camp out at the place called the Marriott. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I know that. So it's not anything <laughs> that y'all are talking about. I'm going to talk you into it. You're well, going to Skymont this year. I can feel it. <laughs> We're going to let you come up for Cub Scout camp, too, and see that. <laughs> you can drive up with me. You know, I go down in the summer at least once a week. Once a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You haven't been to Skymont yet, have you? Mm-mm. You need to drive up with me sometime. I've always heard about it. Hey. It's fun. I'll try to. I tell you what. I'll go with y'all that week because I fit in Sean's car and I don't fit in yours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen. You got to tell Miss Ashley about that. Or Since you Jared, already said Ashley's are terrible Jared, people, it, you need to you know, tell her to get me a new car. That's a good point that Kyle made. If we decided we didn't want to listen to him for an hour and a half ride, <laughs> we could just go in your car because we could see <laughs> Kyle's not enough room. <laughs> yeah, but knowing Kyle, he'd like hotwire the radio so only played like us 101 or something <laughs> and we'd be like oh man <laughs> yeah we wouldn't want to do that hey uh, uh, all right we got another great scout on chattanooga podcast uh, coming up today we got a, another great guest david carroll news anchor with local three news he's a legend in radio and television he's going to join us to share his story and talk about his new book so kyle you have been in the media world ever since you were just out of high school mm-hmm. jared you're new to chattanooga a year and a half now and um, so this is going to be a fun and interesting conversation for Kyle and I, and this is going to be a conversation that's going to be very educational for you because yeah. you're new to town. I know. I'm just really interested in listening. You guys have talked so much about David Carroll, what he's done in the community, and it's just fascinating. I mean, I've, I've only talked with you all briefly about it, but the reach of the work that he has done, radio, TV, 
the written word through books and being an author. I'm just interested to sit back and listen to the conversation. So I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to be more like a listener when we interview <laughs> him David, than, uh, than normal. David is an outstanding storyteller. So mm-hmm. you can expect uh, hearing a very good and fascinating story being told. And then we have a campfire conversation coming up uh, as well. And I will let Jared. So just so everybody knows, we're, we've split into two districts beginning this year instead of three. We're now the River District and the Mountain District. And we're going to kind of get into that into uh, this month's campfire conversation. Right. And on top of that, we have decided now that we're going to try to alternate between a youth campfire conversation and an adult campfire conversation because some of you out there were like hey we want to hear from some of the adult volunteer leaders that are involved in the scouting mm-hmm. come master kyle is great but what does a real leader do all right then <laughs> <laughs> and so we are very privileged that this month we're going to have a longtime scouter from this area rob hall on our campfire conversation and i am so excited because he actually swims with sharks and uh videotapes them for a career in addition to his volunteer scouting duties so it's going to be really interesting all right we've got all of that plus more as we continue it's time for a quick break for jared pickens cupmaster kyle i'm sean whitfield and more scout on chattanooga to come after this brief message we'll be back with more this is scout on chattanooga the podcast Year-round scouting provides fun, life-changing experiences young people can't get anywhere else. But summer camp takes it to a whole new level at Skymont Scout Reservation. It's a good, exhausting time. And while skits and songs are great, camp's not all about fun around the campfire or even earning a few merit badges. It's about giving young people an opportunity to build the foundation of leadership skills and personal character that will stay with them and set them up for success later in life. To learn more about Skymont, Simon and our summer camp plans, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. At the Boy Scouts of America, our oath remains. A scout pledges to be kind, helpful, and brave. We're committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment where scouts can establish the foundations of character that will last a lifetime. Our approach ensures the Boy Scouts of America is building the youth of today into the leaders we'll turn to tomorrow. The Boy Scouts of America. Building character is in our nature. Visit scouting.org to learn more about scouting. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Woodfield along with Jared Pickens and Cub Master Kyle. And gentlemen, we have got a guest joining us today on the hotline that uh, is no stranger to probably a lot of our listeners that are listening to Scout on Chattanooga. A guy that I respect and admire so much and, and call him a good friend. And that is none other than David Carroll, news anchor with Local 3 News. Hello, David. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Well, good to talk to you, David. And uh, there's so much we could talk about with you. Uh, I I guess before we dive into, we got to get to your book in in our conversation. I know that's one of the main things we want to talk about. But for those that maybe are new to Chattanooga or not been in Chattanooga for that long, for example, David or Jared here is one that's only lived in Chattanooga a year and a half. Tell everyone uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, how your career got started and exactly what all you're doing today. Well, kind of like Kyle, I'm a local boy. I grew up in Bryant, Alabama, about 30 miles uh, southwest of Chattanooga near Trenton, Georgia. 
and grew up watching Chattanooga TV and listening to the local radio stations and reading the paper, you know, the Chattanooga newspapers. So uh, I feel like I'm a Chattanoogan. I've lived here in the city since 89, have been at Channel 3 for 34 years after starting out in radio, working at a couple radio stations in town. So I anchor the evening news uh, for Local 3, and also I do some radio uh, in addition to that and do some website work, a newspaper column. Uh, just enjoy entertaining people, hopefully informing some people and publishing some books and talking about a, what a great area in which we live. So, David, I have to bring you back to your radio days because that's kind of – you were out of radio by the time I got into, obviously, but – listening to you on the radio when i was um younger than i am now we'll say uh, <laughs> you actually you got to do something pretty cool in chattanooga if i'm not mistaken weren't you the one that signed the first fm translator on the air in chattanooga is that correct um uh, i'm not sure about that i, I was the first person on kz 106 that's what it switched is switched over okay. to rock and roll in 1978 and I, I'm proud of that achievement. I was uh, along for the ride, really, but I, I happened to be the one selected to be first on the air, and, and that station has done well for a long time, and it's, it's uh, you know, something nice to have in my memory bank. Well, you know, normally I wouldn't talk about stations that I'm not normally a part of, but I just I think that that's mighty cool that, that you were a part of, of launching that radio station, and just the history behind you being from this area is just incredible to me. I don't know if I'd ever told you this or or not, David, but being a Trenton boy from, you know, right up the road from where you grew up, I, I consider you one of my biggest influences on just the reason why I wanted to get into media. So I just want to thank you for that and and uh, showing us that uh, us Southern boys can get into something cool like this. Well, if, if I've done nothing else, if my influence in any way has caused you to be a part of our local broadcasting landscape, then... I've done a good job. <laughs> that, that, that alone makes me proud. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, you created a Big Daddy Kyle, a Cowboy Kyle, and a Cubmaster Kyle. Yeah. So uh, well, you, I, you're his, I, I, I've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> Media hero, for sure. And, of course, David, you have um, become a legend in the radio and television world. You uh, created your first book how long ago now? Ten years ago, I did Chattanooga Radio and Television because I wanted to pay tribute to the people who influenced me, and earlier than I ever started. So it actually goes back to 1925 when the first radio station signed on here in Chattanooga. But, um, you know, folks like Jared, who've lived here for a year and a half, and then those of us who've lived here all our lives, uh, you know, need to know that Chattanooga is really special. And in so many ways, but particularly broadcasting, you know, we're the home of the longest running broadcaster in the history of radio, mm -hmm. who also happened to be the longest running broadcaster in the history of television, working at the same station for more than 60 years in TV, more than 70 years in radio. Speaking about Luther Massengill, who would have uh, been 100 in this March had he lived. He passed away a few years ago. But Luther is among many heroes that I wanted to pay tribute to. And there are dozens of others in this book, uh, some of whom are still on the air. But Chattanooga uh, has, has hosted and been home to some of the greatest TV and radio stations, newscasters, personalities, disc jockeys, weather people, sportscasters. And that first book was my way of making sure that uh, 
people for hopefully, you know, the rest of time will have a book on their shelves or in the libraries to be able to pay tribute to those people. And for those that are listening, uh, I want to encourage you to check out David's website, too. David, give us your website address, please. Sure, it's ChattanoogaRadioTV.com, and that's a mouthful, but I always tell people, just remember, radio came before TV, so <laughs> ChattanoogaRadioTV.com. For about the past eight years, I've done weekly blogs and columns focusing primarily on broadcasting, but some other topics and hopefully some humorous stories as well. Yeah. And now my weekly column is carried in 50 newspapers, just added to the Cleveland Daily Banner in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, it, it, it's my way of um, going a little beyond what I'm able to do on TV and radio and branch out, write a little bit, and try to reach people who who prefer the written word. So in all the years of you being able to cover all these different stories on radio, on television, in your articles and books, what what would you say is probably, and I know that's a lot, but what what's one story that, that comes up in your mind a lot as, as like a memory of what you really enjoyed covering? Well, as far as radio and TV goes, it would have to be my friendship with Luther Massengill we touched on a while ago. Mm-hmm. I, I still have his voicemail messages on my phone, even though he passed away wow. seven or eight years ago. Um, just, you know, to sit here right now and realize that I knew him, he was my friend, you know, we drove around together, we had lunch together, and uh, that I had the experience of, uh, of of being a close associate of someone who touched so many lives. Luther to me, personifies what broadcasting should be. I mean, certainly we should entertain and inform, but Luther always went the extra mile and made sure he helped people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since this is a podcast that focuses a lot on scouting, I, I don't know if Luther had any scouting background. I mean, he was born in 1922, but I do know that he lived his life in a way that he felt like every day, you know, he had to help at least one person, mm-hmm. and he did far more than that whether it was something as simple as buying a lunch for a stranger or helping someone find their lost dog or informing people how to safely navigate snow and ice-covered streets, you know, just little things. But, uh, you know, he wasn't above telling a joke. He certainly played the songs. He did what all of us do on radio. But he allotted extra time to make sure that he performed a public service. You know, those of us who are given a microphone and a transmitter to reach a lot of people, we can either do a lot of good or we can do a lot of harm Mm -hmm. or we can do pretty much nothing with it. But Luther always felt like that that uh, power he was given, you know, shouldn't be misused, that there was a way to use that microphone and transmitter to help people have a better day, a safer day and to lead better lives. So, you know, to me, I, I, I wish our city would. Uh, you know, somehow create a statue or some permanent memorial because he he really is a role model for the ages. You know, we can really uh, all take a lesson in that. Even those listening to this podcast right now that may not have a microphone to talk into, you don't need a microphone to do good things. And that's one thing that we teach in Scouts is um, leadership, but it's servant leadership and and being one for helping others and to do a good turn daily. That's literally one of our um, biggest charges as scouts is just do a good turn daily. And that can turn into things that become much bigger than you'll ever realize maybe later on down the road. So we definitely can learn a lot from, from Luther's um, legacy that he 
that he made here in Chattanooga for sure. And, you know, he was the kind of person who did very uh, a lot of generous things in a very quiet manner. Mm-hmm. After he passed away, the stories started coming out in droves from people who said, you know, he paid for my college education, but he didn't want anybody to know about it. You know, little things like that. Uh, I used to work, as people would say, I used to work with him. My car broke down. You know, Luther enabled me to to buy a used car. He helped me with the payments, whatever it may be. But he didn't go around talking about that or bragging about it. And he would usually tell people, you know, let's just keep this between us. But uh, he did a lot of these things quietly. Kind of like that old saying, you know, uh, whatever you do, uh, you, you know, pretend that somebody's watching you know he, he was he was do, living his life in a way that that uh, we all could could model from and, and 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 imitate but he didn't want to be you know out there waving his flag saying look at me i'm helping people he just did it and uh and, and as i say it really wasn't until after until after he was gone that, that some of these good deeds became known so yeah you know uh, let's put it this way. If, if he wasn't a scout, he should have been an honorary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a lot of lessons that could be learned from Luther's legacy. And for anyone that's listening to this podcast, if you've got any interest or fascination at all to the history of radio and television media, I encourage you to go to ChattanoogaRadioTV.com. You can purchase David's book or books from that website and especially when you start thinking about how news media has changed today to compare to 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And David, I know you've watched it up close and personal from being behind the news desk, uh, how our young generation gets their news today. Used to, uh, the young, you know, we grew up and we were always watching the television, you know, in our home. But today, so many people are getting their news from local three news from their cell phone from their social media and so can you talk a little bit about how that's changed and how you've been able to adapt to it well it's one of my big concerns these days as to how young people are getting their news um you know growing up when i did and you guys came along after me but growing up in the 60s and 70s and 80s whatever it may be generally we had you know, a few national news networks, a few local TV channels, a few local radio stations, a few weekly magazines. This was all, of course, pre-internet. And and 90% of the time, they were down the middle. Uh, they reported the news and left us to determine what we thought of that news. We could decide we liked what the president was doing or didn't like the president was doing, but they didn't tell us, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't like what the president's doing or you should agree with this president all the time. We could form our own opinions and and get this news in a a very trusted way. Now, you know, there are literally thousands of news sources, and some of them are not. I mean, they're they're merely opinion factories, and they are designed to influence how we feel and to make us angry or whatever the case may be. Some of them are nationally known. Some of them are are a little bit under the radar. But I'm afraid a lot of our younger people don't know. Uh, what's a legitimate news source and what's not. And, you know, one thing that I'd like for younger listeners to know for sure, you know, and this may tie into scouting as well, there are, I think it's very important, we need to be responsible news consumers, and we need to know the difference between legitimate news reporting 
and you know opinionated biased news reporting uh, certainly you know it's great to have the freedom to choose any of those that you want to but we need to know the difference and just because mm-hmm. someone has set up a website or a or so-called news network doesn't necessarily mean that they're on our best interests very well said david let's talk about uh, your book that you have out today it's something a little bit different from your your books that you've done with radio and television so uh, tell us about that please well it's called hello chattanooga famous people who visited the tennessee valley and it's a love letter to chattanooga in my view um i, I couldn't have written this book and i'm talking about a four-year project that has ended up in a 700 page book i couldn't have written it if i didn't love this area and there's so many reasons to love this area uh, those of you who are involved in scouting, one of the first things that comes to mind is the outdoors. And thankfully, books have been written and picture books have been distributed showing our scenery, our history, you know, all the great places we can explore to learn about our past or just to en- enjoy our views. You know, there have been books written about cemeteries, railroads, our, um, uh, our infrastructure, uh, our Civil War history, and all those are so valuable. So I wanted to add to those books with a history book that hadn't been done before. And this is about famous people who have visited here. And I'm talking about from, you know, rock stars, country stars, movie stars, celebrities to world class, world famous athletes, uh, also uh, military leaders, but uh, uh, political leaders as well. Presidents of the United States. Until I'd written this book, I didn't realize that 28 presidents have visited Chattanooga or the surrounding area wow either before during or after their terms and so this in this one book uh, there's an index in the back and if you want to know when the fifth president James Monroe visited Chattanooga you just go back to that index and look up Monroe and boom there's the page that tells you when he was here what he was doing here and that goes for everybody else in the book too so it's uh, it's just my way of adding to what's already a very rich collection of history books about Chattanooga. This one um, is different in the sense that you can find out, uh, you, know, you know, when your favorite celebrity or politician or athlete was here and why they were here. David, when you think back on the book and all the people that you wrote about, who is your favorite or your most shocking person that's ever visited Chattanooga? One, is there one that kind of comes to your mind immediately? Well, a handful. And being a history buff, I really like the older stuff. It's fun to go back into the first half of the 20th century, early 1900s, and look up names like Amelia Earhart, Helen Keller, Winston Churchill, Teddy Roosevelt, um, you know, Buffalo Bill. I mean, you know, there are so many people uh, from 100, 150 years ago who were in Chattanooga for one reason or another and have gone on to become, you know, legends, famous names. Some of them were just passing through. Others stopped here to speak or spend the night at a hotel or perform at a Wild West show. Uh, Houdini, the magician. I I particularly love, you know, the, the folks who I grew up thinking were just iconic, legendary names from, you know, a past that I would never experience. And to learn that that they that you can you know stand where they stood or visit where they uh, looked off Lookout Mountain or whatever the case may be. I mean, Helen Keller is someone who was always a huge hero to me when I was a child, reading about her and watching movies about her. And to read that she 
stood on, you know, right at the uh, top of Lookout Mountain and said and described the things she could see just from her senses is just stunning to me. Folks, I have bought copies of each of David's books. Uh, I've got copies for two of my family members. This book is thick. It's got a lot of information, a lot of history. David, you're one of the very few people that can say the pandemic was a little bit of a good thing for you because it in gave you that, it, that I got it done. <laughs> it, it, gave, it gave you the time and the ability to make this project happen because I know you and I was talking months ago that had it not been for that, you probably wouldn't have been able to publish it at this point. It was yeah the only silver lining I can think of, and it also helped uh, me accumulate pictures I never would have been able to do. Uh, when I first started the project, it was going to be very modest. It was basically a history of Memorial Auditorium, which would have made a fine book of its own, mm-hmm. and it, in fact, is the largest chapter of the book. But I remember telling the publisher that uh, I would need a couple of hundred pages, and I would probably have about 50 pictures, and the publisher said, that sounds good. And then as the years went on, I started adding and realizing that I couldn't do this book without including much more than Memorial Auditorium. I would occasionally email the publisher and say, okay, let's let's make it 300 pages now. Or, you know, now it looks like I'm talking 400 pages. And by the way, it's not going to be 50 pictures. It's going to be 200. Uh, and, and then, by the way, I think it's going to be more like 700 pages now. And so at the end, the publisher was like, um, you realize that, you know, some books can be too heavy for a person to carry, right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go that far. So we, we finally did the sort of say, okay, 700, that's that's probably, you know, enough to uh, weigh most people down. Let's, let's stop there. So I think it's just the right side. So what you're saying is that uh, you decided to stop just short of Gone with the Wind. Am I correct? Pretty much. And, and, and in fact, it probably took longer to write this book than Gone with the Wind. And I think that's that's more that's more uh, of an indictment on on my lack of speed than anything else. <laughs> so so David, I've been listening to this incredible story and and about your work and the incredible things that you've done and accomplished for our great city and our region over the many years you've been serving our area. And I just can't help but think you've got to probably have a really interesting scouting story that you haven't shared yet. Unfortunately, I was never in the scouts. Well, that's okay. We we take adults now. Did you know that, David? (laughs) We'll happily, you know, I know you've served as a role model for for many different youth over the course of your career, but we're always happy to add new adult (laughs) leaders. Sean is laughing because we've been working on Sean for a while. Haven't we come, Master Kyle? And and one of David and I's very good mutual friends is Barry Quarter. Oh, okay. And and David Barry has officially been drafted, too. So be careful here. Jared's Jared's trying to reel you in. Oh, don't do that, Sean. But... uh, well, um, you know, it's funny. Where, where I grew up, uh, there were some opportunities and other opportunities were not offered. We never had much of a healthy scouting uh, program where I was. I regret that. I regret that um, I never learned to play a musical instrument, which is something, again, that was somewhat limited. We didn't have a high school band or anything of that nature where I went to school. Uh, and, you know, you, you look back as you start entering middle age or old age or wherever I am. And you start looking at things that you missed out on and you regret. And, and scouting's one of them. I mean, to this day, when 
I can do a story or, or, or our, our station can do, do a story on Eagle Scouts. Like recently we did a story on some of the female Eagle Scouts. Uh, you, you know, nothing makes me happier than to be able to pay tribute to these young people who have taken what for some would be just an unrealistic goal and have persevered and worked for years to achieve that. And, you know, in my view, they deserve every bit of applause we can give them. Well, I tell you what, we were so thankful. And I think the uh, story that you guys, and along with Angela Kim, put together on our first four female Eagle Scouts was incredible. And it was really interesting to see the girls and how they interacted with, uh, with Angela for the story. You know, we have a lot of scouts and their parents who listen to this podcast. Is there anything that you would like, if there's someone out there who doesn't have someone in scouting, what would you tell them? And if there's a scout out there listening, do you have any advice that you would give them? You know, just the thing that has stood out to me in the stories that I have watched or reported on involving scouts and the outstanding work they've done is how well they communicate. And I don't know if that's a big focus in scouting these days, but for whatever reason, it seems to be um, it seems to be prevalent among the young people that I've seen spotlighted. To me, there's just something special about seeing a 12-year-old, 14, 16, 17-year-old who is comfortable speaking to adults, who um, who can meet a stranger, uh, you know, without any trepidation, who can go up and start a conversation with anybody who can contact a business or a community member to support their projects and do it in a, in a comfortable, comfortable, easy way. You know, I like to see that stressed. And every time I meet a young person who has that gift of communication, I always compliment that young person and if possible, their parents or grandparents, because, um, unfortunately a lot of young people don't have that. Sometimes they, have become so focused on communicating via text, tweets, TikTok, you know, whatever their chosen form of communication may be on social media, that a lot of them have not really been trained to look someone in the eye and speak to them and apply for a job or ask for help or whatever the case may be. So I, I love it when I see, you know, these scouts, like the ones who were interviewed in Angela's story, just be able to tell their stories in a very adult way that, that blows me away i tell you what we did we uh have a summer camp up at skymont in altamont and cell phones don't work up there so we <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we forced them to uh, to learn communication while they're <laughs> we do have david as as kyle is realizing we do have a variety of radio and communications uh just for safety that we can uh we can reach law enforcement and health officials, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> but that's good that you focus on that. It really is. It, it, it makes a huge difference. Don't worry. Come Master Kyle ain't out there yanking phones out of kids' hands. <laughs> <laughs> David, as we come to a close, I know you've been doing uh, somewhat of a book tour. For those that are listening, they would like to get a copy of your book or maybe an autographed copy. Uh, is there any locations coming up that maybe uh, – folks in the month of february could find you at i you know i i was out there every weekend from like october through december doing book signings at either food city stores or barnes and noble or restaurants and i told my wife then i said okay i'm gonna work really hard for three months till christmas 
and then I'm going to take it easy for a while. So other than doing a few club appearances here and there uh, to speak to groups, don't have anything uh, like a formal book signing in the near future, but I do sell them from my website, and that is ChattanoogaRadioTV.com. I sign every book, ship them the same day, and uh, you, you know that's that's still going well. It's funny, a lot of people bought them for Christmas presents for someone they love, and I was very grateful for that. And now I'm hearing from people who are buying for somebody's birthday or Valentine's Day or you know whatever the occasion may be. So it's it's a real it's real flattering and it's and it's a real honor to have produced something that people think highly enough of that they consider it a gift they would want to give or receive. I'm I'm just really honored by that. And I bet if you run into David in a restaurant parking lot somewhere He's bound to have some in his trunk. <laughs> so that's another good resource. You can find and David on the spot. You'll usually see me. You'll usually <laughs> see me at the finer restaurants in town, especially if they are fast food by definition. Uh, but, but, yeah, I, but I sell them out of my trunk, and on a good day, I might also have some you know, handbags, uh, produce, sunglasses. You never know what I might have. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, it's been a true pleasure, as always, to uh, be able to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. I know there's got to be somebody out there listening today that has been touched by your story, and there's many people that have come to our great city, as you know, like a Jared Pickens. It's only been here for a short period of time, and they don't know, you know about the history of people like yourself and the resources that have been created so this is a good educational uh story for for some people out there listening and uh you can watch yeah. david every day on local three news 6 p.m news anchor and david uh, any any final thoughts before we let you go i'll just say that uh, i i hope that this will add to our love of chattanooga it's been uh, such a trip to to get the responses I've, I've had on the, from this book from, from people who have moved away and miss our city or people who have just moved in and want to learn more about our city, as well as those who are longtime residents or natives, as, as many of us are. So it's, uh, you know, we're in a, you know, Jared, as, as you say, having moved here recently, as I told you at the beginning of our conversation, you're in a great spot. I mean, we're just so blessed when it comes to the climate, the cost of living, the friendliness, the scenery. I just love this area and hope anything that I say, do, or write will will do it uh, justice. Yeah, Very well said. David, thank you so much for your time today, sir. All right. Thank you, and congratulations and much appreciation on on all you do for scouting. All right. Thank you. All right. It's time for us to take a quick break. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Oh, hello there. My name is Dax, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout, like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities. We make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun. We play sports, go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a pack near you. 
For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. And now, Scout on Chattanooga's Campfire Conversation. A sit-down with a real-life scout with an incredible story. All right, and welcome into this month's edition of the Campfire Conversation, where we talk to real scouts and scouters about cool, scouty kind of stuff. And on today's program, we have a uh, Eagle Scout born and raised uh, right amongst us here, he uh, eagled out of Troop 26 in Signal Mountain and is now officially the um, commissioner of our new mountain district or the re the renewed mountain district now that we uh, have gone to two districts. Rob Hall is with us. Rob, how are you doing today, sir? I'm having a wonderful day, actually. Awesome. And have you done, have you filmed any shark videos here lately? Jared wanted me to ask you that first. Yeah, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. Due to the pandemic, a lot of places that we travel to have been shut down. So we have not been able to get out and uh, film new stuff. But uh, stroke of luck that right before the pandemic hit, a lot of our shows with National Geographic and Discovery Channel came out of contract so we were able to turn those back around and flip them back out so we've been working with content although it's getting a little thin and i'm ready to get back out start exploring see some more sharks well hopefully so kyle, that will uh, happen soon for you yeah <laughs> so kyle jumped you segued right into not your scouting job but your real job so can you tell us what you actually do in real life yeah so in real life i work for a company called nature films network i'm the uh vice president of the the company over all the technical services. So if it has moving parts, if it involves uh, safety, if it involves um, any equipment, then it falls underneath my purview. So um, I get to go out and actually work on productions, filming out on the ocean. I've had a large number of expeditions with great white sharks and other sharks. And I also get to be on the back end, on the creative end of things in post-production with uh, assistant editing and uh, helping out with the, on various levels of production. So that leads me to a, a great question, or at least I hope it's a great question. Do you think that your time as a scout <laughs> yourself and becoming an Eagle Scout kind of lends to your career nowadays and getting to go and do all this fun outdoory stuff that you get to do? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, my scouting career – there's a direct reason as, as why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, back in the 90s, one of the years that I worked at Skymont, I was the mountain man. And so I was building log cabins and teaching guys about some of the old-timey tools, including how to use a fro and mallet to make shake shingles. Uh, got a call from a guy who was looking for somebody to make custom shake shingles to fix the roof of the house. And that is currently the man that I work for, the president of our company. So <laughs> after I fixed his roof, he was like, wow, what else do you do? And I told him, well, I guide uh, climbing and outdoor activities and stuff. And so he said, oh, I, I could use somebody like you. And I wasn't even a diver be- uh, before I joined the company. I had done some grip and lighting stuff on movie sets and some safety stuff on movie sets, but that was it. So um, 
immediately my love of learning, which was instilled in me from scouting, Mm -hmm. uh, kicked into gear and I was doing everything that I could to, to learn. And eventually a uh, chance opened up and I went to choo-choo dive here in town. I became a uh, scuba diver, did five dives in one of our local Tennessee quarries. And then my number six dive was in South Australia in a shark cage down about uh, 96 feet. And we were surrounded by 12 to 15 great white sharks. I had Howard Hall <laughs> filming out the backside of the cage um, behind me. And he's been filming sharks since the uh, the late 60s. And he he came to me after we got up to the surface. He goes, man, that was amazing. That's the most sharks I've ever seen in one place at one time. <laughs> wow. No Literally my first scuba diving outside of a quarry um, here in Tennessee. I had no clue. I thought, I thought the ocean was just like that. <laughs> wow. You did do it safely, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. That's one of my, my prime concerns. And I think that's the reason why. I've, I've been so successful and why I have all 10 of my fingers um, is that, that uh, I'm, we make sure that, that we're interacting with the shark safely. Uh, a lot of people look at some of these sensationalized um, uh, shark videos of people free swimming with, with sharks. And what they don't realize is that not only are those people endangering themselves, but they're also endangering the opportunity that scientists have to go study them. Because uh, if sharks and people have negative encounters that can cut down on the amount of permits that can cut down on um, what people are allowed to do. And that also puts a stranglehold on what scientists are able to do and how scientists can get out there and study these sharks we can learn from them so so it's very similar to like we go all the time a lot of our scout groups go up to the Appalachians and you may see uh, black bear it's the same type thing that if, if we don't follow the rules as it relates to wildlife not feeding not approaching um, giving them their space it's similar rules in the shark environment oh yeah it, 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 it parallels it very nicely because you put the shark in danger, you put other people around you in danger, and you put the future of access to that area to those creatures in danger by stepping outside and, and breaking the rules. So this is interesting because something I've heard about you, Rob, is that even before I got to this council just about a year and a quarter ago, you were passionate about safety in scouting. So now that kind of makes sense to me as well, because it sounds like it's a bit of a work passion for you. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of your experience with uh, safety in the Boy Scouts? Yeah, so I kind of got into risk management when I was working on staff up at camp. And it was instilled in me very early on that my actions not only have an, infect, uh, have an effect on me, but also has an effect on the folks that I'm trying to teach. I never will forget, I was 14, I was a CIT, I was working in uh, scout craft and I was goofing around with a pot that was suspended over a fire and ended up dropping it into the fire, food splashed out. And a guy that I looked up to, um, he was the area director at the time, came and grabbed me and pulled me aside and he said, hey, I need a staff member. I don't need another um, participant. And it like cut me to the core. I was like, oh man, you know, and, and so from there on, it was like, all right, you know, I, I need to sort of set the example. And then as I moved into working on Cumberland Adventure and the, the tower and, the, and COPE, then it was all about safety and knowing that people were watching me and, and everything that I did 
needed to be as safe as possible because if somebody else went up there, there's no way I, I, I wanted that personal responsibility if they, if they messed up, did something improper because they saw me do it and they learned the wrong way from me. So, so I, and I've seen a couple of them, but uh, I guess that you had found some extra time early in the pandemic. And is there some, some safety videos that were filmed up at Skymont that I've seen come out of you, Rob? <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, none of the safety videos that I make for our roundtable are actually filmed at Skymont. Uh, literally filmed in my backyard. <laughs> so, I, I hate to shatter that window for people that are listening to this, but I, I the um, I have a about an eight foot section of pole at my, uh, my house where I kind of look at new rigging systems and stuff. And I'm always, you know, if something comes out, I want to kind of play with it at home and stuff like that. So if you've ever seen any of the videos where I'm on top of a telephone pole, I'm really only about uh, three feet off of the ground <laughs> in my backyard. It's a little practice telephone pole I have set up out there. So what so you're one doing of my... is you're doing low cope, right? Yeah. Yeah. Low cope. So, but, <laughs> Uh, so one of my, my hats is uh, I, I work with NCAP going around and, and inspecting other camps. Uh, and I've done that for a number of years uh, prior to doing that. I was the um, COPE inspector for our area and got to go around and inspect other uh, um, COPE courses out there. And it's a great opportunity because you get to see other places, you get to see what they're doing and bring back those ideas to your own council. And I highly recommend if anybody has... Um, interest in it uh the training actually coming up this next month in february and uh if, you, if you're interested in it it's a fun way to get out and see um, new ideas and bring it back in but so so rob we've used a, a few acronyms here we've got cope you mentioned ncap uh could you talk a little bit about what that actually means okay yeah uh so cope's challenging outdoor personal experience it is the, the ropes course and the team building course that, uh, and curriculum that was adopted by the, uh, the Boy Scouts and has been pretty much taken up and implemented at various summer camps throughout the nation. So our COPE course has changed over the years. Uh, it's actually been in three different places on uh, the camp property. And a lot of people don't, don't know that, but uh, the course that you go up and that you play on is not the same one that your parents played on. It's, it's a totally different course. And the, even the low ropes course has, has changed over time. We built a new ropes course about 10 years ago. We started building it and we didn't finish it till I think 2015 was the last year that we put up a new element. But uh, so we're constantly building uh, new ropes courses. And that's where we, we take a bunch of scouts and uh, leaders. And over the course of a week, we put them through challenges that make them think not only about how the group is working, but how they work with the group and think about themselves, their own personal aspects that they can uh, potentially develop or change and increase the efficacy and the um, enjoyment of that group. So that over time, like uh, for me to say, uh, as, as cope people, we create conflict so that people in a controlled environment, so that people can learn from that conflict, so that when 
they get up and the challenges increase, they know how to deal with that. They know something about themselves. They know something about how they work with the group. So when the group is asked to do something like go 40 feet up in the air and, you know, work your way through a challenge course, you know how to handle it. You know how to support those people that are up in the air from the ground. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing to see happen. It's a lot of fun. It's so, so much fun. And we're actually able to do some of those elements on weekends and, and other things. So it's, it's a very useful tool for individuals and for groups. Uh, the other thing was yes about uh, NCAP. So NCAP is the National uh, uh, Camp Accreditation Program. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I'm so used to just saying NCAP, but the National Camp Accreditation Program is the program that goes through the area, or of course now we're using territory, so it goes through the territory and trains people on what are the national standards, what to look for to make sure that camps are running at the, the safest level that they can and also at the, the optimal level. I know. Um, you know, safety is always first, but a big component is, is, is it fun? And, uh, and the standards actually do address safety and fun. And so that's what we do as, as inspectors. We go from our council to somebody else's council and we look and say, are you guys following the national standards so that you can be an accredited camp? Rob, what is, if you reflect back on your adventure in scouting as a youth, what's your most memorable thing? Oh, most memorable has to be uh, finding a troop uh, that was lost up at Skymont. And um, I had literally just walked a little ways from the ropes course to uh, um, make use of the, uh, the natural facilities. And as I'm standing there, I hear some people down off the plateau talking. And then I hear kids' voices and I look over and there was a, a troop that had decided to go out on a hike by themselves and had gotten lost. And so, um, of course, yeah, this happened in the span of like an hour. So um, they hadn't you know, come to the attention of anybody else. So I called down to them and showed them how to get out. And uh, one of the, uh, the kids that was with the group apparently was, was really just, oh my gosh, he was... He was extremely nervous about it, but he didn't think that I was real. He thought that because I was every time he'd see me, I would be standing up on a rock and I'd say, y'all need to go this way or go that way. And the path that I led them out uh, was, was a place that and I don't tell people where, where this is located enough, but there is a place where it's like a little stone staircase that um, you can lead out. And if you have not seen these, if somebody doesn't point it out to you, you're probably never, ever going to find it. And I pointed it out to them and they thought it was the coolest thing ever. And they, they hiked up and got back on the plateau. I got them back to where they needed to be. And, uh, but the kid literally came up to me afterwards and, and asked me <laughs> if I was real. <laughs> so I thought that was a cool thing. What about as an adult, you've been an adult scouter for a while now and you've had children that are involved in the program. What are some of your favorite memories with them? Oh, there are so many memories that I've made in scouting. It's hard to pick. Um, it's hard to pick one because they make so many new ones. All I can think about are some of the most recent ones. I had an absolute blast at Cub Scout Resident Camp playing on the floating dock with uh, a bunch of kids. And a very new thing happened for me. Uh, you know, I've been in scouting my, my whole life. Um, even my first trip uh, out with a troop was my dad's troop. He was a scoutmaster. I was three years old. 
um, the, uh, the girls that were playing on the dock um, had an issue that came up, but they, uh, and I'm, st- I'm standing there, I'm like, all right, what's, what's going on? And they're like, well, our trust circle is broken. And I was like, wow, that's pretty profound for these, you know, you know, young uh, seven <laughs> uh-huh. to 10 year old girls to, to come up with this and say, you know, our, our trust circle is broken. I said, all right, well, what can we do to repair this? And some of the guys came over and here we are, like we were playing and, um, and something had happened and somebody's feelings had got hurt and we stopped and we just had a discussion there on the floating dock. That was very, very grown up, very mature discussion about, you know, uh, making sure that we don't push people because they could not be expecting that. And that's, you know, would break their trust and stuff. And in the end, the girls were like, all right, our, our trust circle is reforged and everybody was like, great. <laughs> and then we, we went right back into playing. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, you know, the conversations <laughs> that we're having, it was, it was the kind of stuff that, you know, 20 years ago, I would be, you know, trying to, to pry out of our group, like with a, you know, a crowbar, like, ah, oh, come on, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's have this level of discussion. And I had it with all of these, you know, these young uh, girls and guys on this floating dock in a matter of 15 minutes. And, and it really made me hopeful for uh, the kind of scouts that are coming up through our program because it, it, it spoke a lot about the way they were willing to communicate and talk about what had happened and the way they were willing to forgive and forge uh, a new friendship circle and be able to move forward. It, it blew my mind. Well, it's really interesting you should say that, Rob, and I, I hope Kyle doesn't mind me going out on a limb. It seems like uh, that in your scouting experiences, there is a bit of a theme that's emerged. Everything from your interaction with the the person who was your area leader while you were on staff at Skymont on through this one, it seems like having this this really safe place to have a strong and very clear dialogue about problems um, has been something that's followed you all throughout scouting. I don't know if you've thought about that. I, I haven't really in, 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 in so much that terms, but it, it is true. I mean, my dad was a scoutmaster. He was actually the Mountain District uh, Commissioner back in the early 90s <laughs> and also, yeah i hold the same title as him so so for everyone so for everyone out there in listener world the mountain district that we had in the 90s is kind of a different district than the mountain district that we have today we recycled the name but the geography is different so just to illustrate how unique that is and and rob's over here uh he's smiling intensely about that so <laughs> that is that is really neat rob yeah but it, I, Growing up, when I was a, a young guy, I always wanted to go to roundtable because my dad would get his shirt on, you know, he'd put on his wood bad beads and he was like, all right, going to roundtable. And it was every month he was out the door and it was the one scouting thing that he did that I didn't get to go to. And he used to always say it was, it was like the, uh, it was like the troop for the adults. <laughs> and so, um, and now that I get to 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 run roundtables, um, I, I see what it is. It's it's truly like the special environment where we share ideas, where we come together and um, uh, and teach each other. And a lot of times when I'm standing up there and I'm talking about stuff, I try to elicit uh, responses from the crowd, and I learn new things all the time from the people that come up there and and share and show up. But yeah, I am very fortunate in the fact that I do get to be in a lot of conversations where 
um, ideas and, um, you know, everything is just is open and shared and we can take that and run with it and, and do what we want to do with it. So if there's someone out there listening to this, that's not involved in scouting, what message would you give them? Ooh, I would say if, uh, if you don't have <laughs> that circle, if you don't have that kind of uh, connection with people where you feel comfortable just throwing out ideas and saying, I don't know, you know, tell me what you think, or um, just being a, a listener. If you don't have that kind of circle, Scouts is a really easy uh, organization to slide into and establish that because we have that built into us. Everything that we do, um, it, you know, is a game, but it's a game with a purpose. And so, and that to, to get the purpose out of it, we have to reflect on that experience and going through that process. Uh, it's amazing how much you can pull out of it. Even at the end of a, a simple hike, when you talk about some of the stuff that, that happens on a hike, it's amazing how that stays with you. Rob, before we let you go, we know that you're now the district commissioner of the mountain district. And for those listening that might be only serving our volunteers at a unit level or may not even understand the whole district uh, concept. Can you give us like just a super quick overview about um, the difference in unit versus district and how they can get involved at a district level if that seems like that's something that they may want to do? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, the district is a support network for a collection of units in a certain area. And we try to provide those units with help with getting uh, new members, helping make sure that they uh, transition kids into and out of their units. Um, we also try to help them with communication, ideas, everything that we can to, uh, to increase the, the health and enjoyment of that unit. So we do that kind of over uh, with, with five different areas now, the commissioner services where we just, it's literally our boots on the ground chatting with people and saying, you know, what do you need? How, how is the unit going? How can we help you uh, with our uh, local fundraising group? We do that with our uh, communications, with letting people know about opportunities that are coming up in their area. We do that with membership and having folks go out there and just, you know, how can we support you? Can we make flyers for you? What can we do to, to help you get together a, a unit? And so those are the areas that we, we try to help units in our, in our district with. And if you are interested or you, you have, and I know free time is not a thing that everybody has, but um, if you have some time, I, I, it is very rewarding work. It is cool to see um, other units getting a chance to grow. And then surprisingly, when you start visiting and helping other units, you'll be amazed at what you bring back to your own unit. Very cool. Well, Rob, we could talk to you for hours upon hours, but unfortunately we're out of time for today, but we do uh, definitely want to have you back on sometime in the future. Are you okay with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Thank you Sounds guys for good. the opportunity. For more scouting spotlights or to get your son or daughter involved in scouting, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Now back with the final word, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cupmaster Kyle. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cupmaster Kyle. Gentlemen, it is time for us to come to a close. Jared, any final thoughts? Wow. 
right off the bat. There's a lot yeah. to take in today, I feel like. Or I mean, you... I'm, just, I'm just still thinking about our fantastic interview with David Carroll. Man. Wow. Great conversation. I mean, I know, I know before we started the conversation, I said I was, I was really looking forward to listening, but uh, man, it's very interesting. You know, I didn't know about some of these different famous figures who've been through Chattanooga, and so just to learn about it, it's got me wanting to read his book. Today could be one of the most educational podcasts for you so far in our collection of Scout on Chattanooga. It very well could, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite people that ever visited Chattanooga was Al Capone. If you didn't really? know that. Yeah, what did he, he do here? He was traveling through. I think they were on their way to take him to Alcatraz or something. He was in jail, but he stayed at the Reed House downtown. Oh, really? And actually, up until just a few years ago, the bars were still on that window from the night that he stayed in the Reed House. They had to put bars on the window so he wouldn't escape. But I think due to some safety issues, fire hazards and stuff, they wound up like sawing them off. But there's parts of the bars still in I'm sure like the fire marshal hotel wasn't room. a fan yeah. of those. What would you, you say, Sean? I'm sure the fire marshal wasn't a fan of having those. Not anymore. The <laughs> Back in the day, they probably didn't care. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> That is pretty cool. Yeah, Jared, in our closing comments, uh, anything folks should know listening today going on with uh, Boy Scouts? Any, any last-minute well, uh, comments? Well, I'll tell you, and, and we'll see if Kyle resonates with this or not. One thing I'm especially excited about is our Cub Scout programs this year. We actually have all of our Cub Scout camping and activity programs planned out for the year. We have themes for them, and that includes everything from our Cub and family events this spring through the Cub and Weeblos Adventure Camp at Skymont Scout Reservation this summer, and then on to our Cub and Partner events in the fall and so we're really excited about that. And uh, Kyle, I don't know if you're getting any good feedback from your pack or not yet. No, they're just, um, they're absolutely loving it. They're super excited. I know I am as well. When you talk to my eight-year-old um, son about it, he's super excited because he's about to cross over into being a Weebelows. So he's in his last couple of years of Cub Scouts, and he's going to get to attempt climbing for the first time, and he's going to do that at Skymont Scout Reservation this summer. And I just think that he's super excited about that. He keeps bringing it up, and I'm like, it'll be hot outside before we get to go. So <laughs> as it's cold right now, just know that you're not going yet. <laughs> hey, um, Sean, before, before we go, though, I do want to – we talked a little bit – in our interview with David about this fantastic story that Angela Kim did just recently for Local 3 News on our first four female Eagle Scouts. But if you haven't looked back, those four Eagle Scouts were also recognized on the front page of the Times Free Press mm -hmm. over the holidays. And just a special shout out to Jeff DeLose, the Times Free Press, our uh, VP of Communications, uh, Rebecca Stiles, who all of us sitting around this table know very well. Um, it's just amazing to see how much publicity these young scouts are getting for the good work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Jared, for anyone out there listening that would like to get more information about uh, scouting here in Chattanooga, where can they go online, please? Well, we'd love for you to visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com or feel free to email Kyle Croft at... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it I didn't don't work. care. Kyle.croft to odyssey.com. Oh. There you go. There's a dot in it. You messed it up, so, so you confused me. Well, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know, we asked a few months ago, if you're listening to this podcast 
and you're not from the Chattanooga area, we want to know, right? Mm-hmm. And so I gave out my email then. So I'm thinking, well, maybe some more. Let us know if, if you email Kyle. Yeah. And if you're somebody listening and there's something about this podcast you don't like, uh, you can email we don't care at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we do care, Sean. We just kidding. Care. Just kidding. You know, I had to throw a little comedy in there. We're getting spicy today. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of salt in this uh, room right now. <laughs> woo, man. Hey, but for real, if you do have some uh, some constructive criticism, we'd love mm-hmm. to hear it. If you have a prospective guest, mm-hmm. someone that you'd really like to hear from, we'd love to hear about that. And if you have a really interesting scouting story that you'd like to share that we could uh, reference on the podcast next time. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, let us know. What was it? Kyle, Kyle.croft at odyssey.com. Dot dot com. Yep. And mm-hmm. my email, I will throw my email in there. Jared.pickens at scouting.org. Jared.pickens at scouting.org. And uh, Jared, your, your cell number and uh, home address? Back to you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I thought I was going to be able to put it out there. Hey, I know. Well, uh, you you have it because I texted you congratulations about your uh, engagement. Yes, you did. Thank I did. you for that. Yeah. I was actually really, I saw it on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I guess you did. Yeah. Kim put it on there and um, I think in 24 hours is it 1.3K likes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's more people than I know. I, I mean, I mean, I was I was blown away. If I'd have posted, it'd have been like fifty. That's <laughs> even that's even more likes than some of those Facebook <clears throat> posts. Like, if you want to save this puppy, hit you the like button. You're gonna save the puppy by hitting the like button. You're getting more likes than that. Yeah, one point three k in twenty four hours, and then there was uh, nearly nine hundred comments. And and in those comments, Jared, I, I was a little bit puzzled. There was a lot of comments that says, Kim, we're praying for you. <laughs> well, I, I will say that um, I was a bit confused because when I texted Sean, I said, hey, man, that's awesome. Congratulations, because we've talked about it several times on the podcast and mm-hmm. and, and outside as, as we've worked together outside the podcast. And so I text Sean. I was like, hey, man, congratulations. That's great. And uh, I was a little confused because he sent me something like, yeah, thanks. You know, I had a lot to drink. And I was like, well, you know. The tequila made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're in Mexico, the te- tequila makes you do it. Yeah. Ma- matter of fact, uh, my sister-in-law texts Kim and I in, in a joint text and says, yeah, uh, your brother wants to ask Kim if she was under the influence when she said yes. <laughs> she texted him back with a clever, or texted her back with a clever response. Says, no, he was under the influence when he asked me to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> and as today's Cub Master Minute, we do not condone the use of alcohol during scouting activities. <laughs> yep, no alcohol, no tobacco, no drugs. And that includes us as, as parents on activities. Yeah, yeah so. that's right. All right. Any final words? We're about to wrap this thing up. No, let's do it. We got an exciting year for Scout on Chattanooga planned, and we are glad that y'all are along for the ride. So thank you for almost our first year of podcasting, and we look forward to another one. And we'd love to grow our audience as well, so feel free to share us on social media or just with your friends, family, fellow Scout friends, and the community at large. All right. Very well said. That's going to do it for this edition of Scout on Chattanooga. Go to the Scout on Chattanooga Facebook page for any suggestions or comments about today's podcast. Click on the subscribe or like button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and thank you for listening.
This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area. My name is Kathleen, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun, we play sports, and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a pack near you.